Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Huddle. I am your host, Eric McNeil, and today I got a good friend of mine, number three defensive back, Mr. Greg Brooks from LSU. Welcome, Greg. How are we doing today? What's up with it? You know, I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. I mean, you guys are getting ready with spring ball right around the corner. Just had a spring game. I mean... So I appreciate you taking the time, bro. How how are things? How are you guys feeling? Getting ready to dive back into it? Man, you know, it's fun. You know, we, we, we just got done with spring ball, like you said. Um, Now we're going to the month of May. Got a little, little, little break for about two, three weeks. Then we on to the summer, you know. It's getting closer to that time. So it's, it's time to lock in, take it day by day, and get ready for it. I love it. Well, you just shared something with me. Right before we hopped on, I was like, yo, like, how are you feeling? Are you, you guys lost a lot of big dogs. Like you had a great team last year. The early loss kind of like set you back a little bit. But you said, man, you genuinely feel in your heart this is a national championship team. Why Why do you feel like this team has has, has what it takes to get to the championship? I just, uh, you know, being here every day and just seeing, like, that's the model around here now. You know what I'm saying? Last year, you know, new coaching staff, nobody really knew what we was going to be capable to do. And, you know, we still won some games, went to the SEC championship and all, but it's like national champions a bust. And, you know, seeing all these other schools, we're like, man, we're we going to be there. You know, we have a dominant offense, great quarterback, a defense. The front seven might be the front, best front seven in the, in the entire country. So it's like it's going to be a great, great year. You know, we're going to surprise a lot of people. So, you know, it's, it's, I can't wait and have fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's what I say is right is like – the SEC is always so loaded with talent. So, like, when you think of, like, LSU, I mean, you had some key departures. I mean, it's nice that Jalen's coming back, right, and you have some, you know, some studs around him. And, like, even even the quarterback position is always up for grabs, right? Like, you're always going to have some people competing. Um, what do you do when you have these guys leave? Like, how – does that ever affect any of that team chemistry? Because everyone's obviously a dog. They, they can all play. But does that, like, take time to adjust, like, a new chemistry when you get – so many moving parts every year? I wouldn't say it would it would adjust, you know. Uh, I think it would be more of like a reload, you know, instead of a rebuild. Mm. That's how I like to look at it. You know, just reload with the same time. And then it's just like, you know, being with you guys every day, you know, I'm one of the veteran guys on the team. So, and, like, we have a lot of young guys on the team. Just being with them every day, helping them learn how to live on and off the field, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's the right way to do it. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Because uh, I was just curious, right? Like, you have these guys leaving, and you're talking about reloading. I love that. Instead of, like, rebuilding. To rebuild feels like it takes years to get back. But, like, a reload is, like, all right, off season, we put it together, and we hit the ground running, right? It was definitely. You know, that's awesome, bro. What I, what I, uh, like, seeing, like, just, you know, just seeing them grow up, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's your time. You got to you gotta give them that confidence each and every day. And like, you know, I don't believe in no rebuild. Right. You have to step into the role. It's like that next man up always, right? Most definitely. Um, yeah, I also just saw like on the PFF rankings that LSU has like the number three like wide receiver core in the country as well. Even that, even that might be slept on, right? Like I've seen some of those guys like. Hey, is, is it going to be crazy? That's all I'm going to say. Our, our receiver <laughs> is nice. We're going to see once, once, when it's all said and done, we're going to see who really comes out on top. Oh, I love it. Well, what? How's that look in practice? Like, do you ever get reps against the like the the one the one team, or how's that look? Almost oh, definitely, you know. Um, but this spring, you know, I, I missed. Man, I missed like eleven practices, so you know, I really didn't get to do much. You know, what I'm saying I had a little minor injury and stuff like that. But 
just watching those guys, you know, improve from last year, getting more confidence, you know what I'm saying, having fun dancing out there. It's always fun to compete with them. Yeah, no, I love it. All right, so I have a big question for you because this is probably one of the coolest um, coolest things like in all of college football is LSU and the number seven. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us like what does number seven mean to like whoever rocks it for that season? Like, dude, we've had like the Pat Peterson, Honey Badger. Last year was Kayshawn. Like you've had some absolute studs come through that program does number seven just go to like the best player? Does it go to like the captain? Like what does that mean to have the honor to rock number seven during the season? You know, uh, seven obviously is a legendary number here. You know, um, when you put the seven on, you know, everybody's going to look at you. Like, like you're following greats, you know what I'm saying? So it's all about building your legacy. And, you know, wearing the number seven, it's not, I wouldn't say necessarily go to the best player on the team, but one guy that's going to give it. Every time they give it to you, they're going to go 100%. They got that dog in them. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like great to wear. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to see who gets it this year. How uh, – does the, does the team get to, like, vote as to who's going to wear it? Does the coach decide? Like, how do you guys decide who gets it? Uh, It's, it's, it's the coach's uh, decision. You know what I'm saying? Head coach. Nice. That's so cool, man. When when do they usually announce that? Like right, like during like summer ball, like before the season starts, or what? Yeah, usually during summer ball. Nice. Okay. Yeah, man. I, I mean, every year you look at the guys who have rocked it, and it's like just so much respect, right, for everyone that does that because you know, like what goes into wearing it. Like you said, it's not just the best player because talent talent doesn't always dictate leadership. You know what I mean? It's like the attitude and the drive and everything behind it. Most definitely, you know, uh, people, you know, number, wearing the number seven is like, you know, all eyes. And it's a lot of pressure with it, but it's, you're going to live up to it. You got to be that guy. So uh, You got to. You got to. <laughs> um, well, it's actually funny. So I kind of shifted into that. Like, that's like a culture that LSU has really established. So for people who are listening, right, obviously this podcast isn't just for athletes. Like, there's a lot of, like, business professionals that listen to this. And when it comes to starting a business, one of the most important things that you can do is establishing a culture. So whether it's in your business or your relationships or football, you have to have a culture that everyone can buy into. What's the importance of the culture that you guys have, like in a locker room at LSU that, you know, Coach Kelly has talked to you about and the coaches before him. Talk to us a little bit about the importance of culture and what that looks like in like a day to day. Really important. When he first got here, he implanted it, man. So we got something called the Tiger Standard, you know, it's like. You above this line, or you above the Tiger standard, you know, and that's living right on and off the field, doing the right thing, going to class on time, not missing tutoring sessions, little stuff like that. And you know, um, I feel like he definitely changed the culture around because, like, you know, with with college football, within life, really, you know, it's all about discipline. You know what I'm saying? He's creating that culture within, you know, creating routines, creating good habits. Because once you're done with football, man, you're gonna use all of this. Like, so he starts to tell us like. Whichever you use for football, man, use it for life. And, um, you know, I appreciate him a lot. He appreciate him that a lot for that. Yeah. Yeah, well, one thing is, um, so when you and I met, not a lot of people know this, when you flew out to Miami, we hosted a mastermind. It was super dope. You got to meet a lot of really cool people. And <clears throat> I was so happy because you stood up at the very end and you kind of asked, you asked a great question. 
and it was about business. And you were like, man, like, is the transition easier or harder for somebody in sports to transition into business? And I was like, dude, that's such a great question, right? Because I honestly think with a sports background, you have an advantage because you learned, like how you said earlier, you have that dog, right? Like you have that killer instinct that you'll do whatever it takes to succeed. You know how to be a leader, you know, teamwork, you know, discipline, like, you know, all the traits to, to really put it all together to start a business. So for that, like, dude, like the discipline, the culture, everything, I mean, that's, that's everything. When it comes to starting a business, man, like what you're learning in sports is something that you could never learn from a book or a classroom. Most definitely, you know what I'm saying? It just helps you in every, every aspect. Cause you're going to have that drive, same drive you have on the field, you're going to have it in your business and nobody's going to ever be able to stop you. Right. Absolutely. So Greg, there's, there's a lot of things that people don't know about you and I hate to be biased, but you're probably one of my favorite athletes I've ever worked with. Like you're, you're truly just a genuine, genuine good dude. And so I want you to share your story a little bit. Like I want you to tell us a little bit, like, who are you? What's your background? Why are you the way you are? And like, what's important to you in life? You know? Oh, uh, you know, um, actually I'm gonna start off with, I didn't start playing football until my ninth grade year of high school. You know, uh, my dad played in the NFL and uh, everybody, when I was coming up, everybody was like, you gonna be like your dad? I was like, nah, I'm gonna go to baseball. You know, I was a real good athlete in baseball, but once I hit eighth grade, I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna play football. And it just took off of me that, and then throughout high school, you know, I'm like, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, you know? Five nine, five ten, you know, 180 pounds, you know, I'm not the biggest guy in the world. So, you know, schools, a lot of schools, you know, back they didn't want to offer me a scholarship. So when I got the Arkansas offer, you know, um, SEC offer, I mean, I took advantage of it. You know, I just went there and started my freshman year, played every, started every single game into my junior year. And then, you know, I ultimately decided to transfer. And the first school that came calling was LSU. And it was like, man, you know, uh, we want you here. Uh, he wants you to be a part of this new culture here with Coach Kelly. And I was like, man, I'm ready to come back home. And, you know, I, I feel like it worked out for the best for me. I feel like it put me in the best situation I could be in, you know. And um, really how I am as a person, man, I'm just one of them people that's, you know, a real humble dude. You know, uh, I always try to look out for people, try to do my best, you know what I'm saying, because I always want to be treat, treat people how I would like to be treated, you know what I'm saying. Um, you know, I don't like to treat nobody with disrespect because you never know what somebody's going through. And, um, you know, I, I really, like, try to – be genuine about everything I do, you know, and just really just always uphold that image of being a good person, you know what I'm saying? Because you never know what somebody, you never know who's in the room with you, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so I, that's how I really am as a person. I love that you think that way, right? You have no idea who's listening. You have no idea who's in the room. Like, there's often times where I'll help people even like in business, right? Where I'm like, man, maybe they don't fit like the, the minimal requirement for what I'm looking for as my ideal client. It's not the right fit but it's still a human being on the other side, right? Like I still have to treat this person with the same amount of respect. Like it doesn't matter if it's a janitor or the CEO, everyone gets the same level of respect, no matter what. And you never know what comes from it, right? You do a good job with that person. They could introduce you to someone else. Right. You, know? and you, you, came, you came to that mastermind with me in Miami and everyone in the room, it's like, you have no idea who's listening, but that could lead to a hundred different opportunities down the road simply because you were in the right room at the right time. You know what I mean? Most definitely. You know, take advantage of every time, every opportunity. Just be where you feel. Don't just be somewhere to be there. Oh my gosh, that's so true, man. I love that, um, bro. So the big thing that happened in college sports, NIL. 
right? I mean, dude, what, what has that looked like? I mean, you get to see it firsthand. Like you get to live it right now. Like what happened when all that got announced and everyone's like, yo, now these guys can finally get paid. You know, like what happened? Like, have you been getting any deals? Like, I know we've been helping you out a little bit, but like, dude, like what, what happened to the whole organization and the locker room, all that stuff? You know what I'm saying? Uh, NIL definitely changed college football, you know. And I, I kind of think they're going to have to fix it because it's like, it's like in a way of like, you know, they have 17-year-olds getting $100,000. crazy. Before they even played a, a down to college football. And I feel like NIL should be earned. You know, you gotta, you have to do what you can do. Because, you know, you give a 17-year-old kid $100,000, you know, he think he's good. You know, with his with his family, everything. You know, he never seen no money like that. So I feel like, and then when he goes out there and doesn't perform how everything expected, you're going to be like, man, what did we do? And then everybody's going to be against him. You know what I'm saying? And I, there's a lot of pressure with that. You know, and I feel like, man, go out there and make plays. Then you earn yourself some money. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's a great opportunity for us to do, to build our brand and stuff like that. But I feel like NIL should be earned and not just given. You know, I feel yeah. like too much nowadays is given. But uh, it's definitely it definitely helps you build your brand. You know, uh, earn earn meet new people. You know, uh, connect with different. You know, I met you through NIL and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like you know, but I feel like it definitely should be earned rather than just given. Totally. And so, um, what are you currently doing yourself to like? to make yourself more marketable. You know what I mean? Cause there's a lot of kids, like you just said, they come out of high school, they have a huge Instagram following or TikTok, and they get all the deals, right? So it's like, oh, <laughs> you just lost the light. Man. You're good. So what is it, what is it that you're doing personally to like build your brand, to make you more marketable? Um, most definitely, you know, just trying to keep my social media clean, uh, you know, uh, do that. Um, you know, I, I you introduced me to Alec and Max Management, you know, sign with them guys. You know, just using every opportunity. But one thing I do want to say is make sure every NIL deal is, like, fits you. You never want to just do something just to do it that you'll never, you know, like, never see yourself doing. And I feel like that's, it has to make sense, you know, because you don't want to be a fake person with it because you're not going to give you 100% effort with it. Right. Yeah, that's actually one thing that we talk about a lot is, like, if I try to help, you know, you and other athletes get these brand deals – it's so important for me to ask, like, what's your background? What's your hobbies? What's your interests? Like, and then ultimately outside of football, like, what do you want to accomplish in life in general? And I'll try to find brands that align with that vision. Because if you just said, like you said, man, you pick up, I don't know, like you say you're a Verizon guy and you pick up like a cricket contract or something. It's like, right. you just like, do, it to do it, man. Not all money, good money, man. Yeah, exactly, bro. Oh my gosh. You hit that on the head. One, not all money is good money. Two, not all business is good business. Mm -hmm. Just because you have an opportunity to make some money, bro, you have to vet it. Like you cannot just hang your reputation on a deal to make a couple of bucks. Thanks. Bro, that, that's, that's, that's slept on advice right there. I love that. Um, so you also just started the, the logo and the branding. How, talk, walk us through that process. Like what did it look like? You know, what, what's kind of like the feedback? that you had while you're building the logo? Like, why did you go with the logo you did? You know what I mean? Like, talk to us about the the process of building out your brand and that and that website and the apparel. Man, you know, I just wanted something that, that matches me, you know what I'm saying? That's why I asked for the graffiti style. They sent me a, a whole bunch of different ones, and all of them were nice, but I wanted something that matches me. You know, I don't want something that just represents just football. You know, I want something yeah. people can wear on a regular, like regular T-shirt, stuff like that. Like, it's not just athletic gear and they're just supporting me because they actually like how it looks. 
you know what I'm saying? And um, so that that went a big part of it, man. And uh, really, I'm, I'm glad I started that because you know it, it just started opening up the door and people see, you know, okay, he's into this, he's into that, you know, just building my brand, you know, from for the future relationships down the road and uh. Um, one thing that you put on your shirt is um, a quote. Uh, what was the quote that you put on? You always got to bet on yourself, man. You're the only one that can control it. You know, uh, always bet on yourself because you're the only person that's in control. So Dude, gotta- I love that. Is, that. is that like a motto that you've lived by for like the last forever? Like, why, why is that so important to put on your shirt? You know, most definitely because sometimes, you know, my size, I feel like I'm an underdog, you know, and uh, I just got to always bet on myself. You know, so just just living by that, always betting on yourself, you'll never go wrong. I love that, man. Gosh, dude. So even in the same regard to me, the reason why I love it so much, and the reason why I'm going to buy like one of every color from you, is because that that saying means so much to me. So when I was in Arizona, obviously, um, you know, I was working at the bank. I worked. I had a nice cushy nine to five. I was happy, but there's something about fulfillment. If you're not hitting your potential, you'll never be happy. Exactly. It doesn't matter how comfortable you are, how much money you're making, how good things are. If you're restricted of your potential, you will not find any fulfillment. And so it was scary, but you know, we moved to Utah, we started a business, and man, it's like I've been flourishing. I still feel like I'm barely scratching the surface, but my fulfillment is through the roof because I bet on myself. Like I knew I had that dog, I knew what I was about. And I went all in on what I could accomplish myself. And I mean, just look at it, man. I mean, you, you did the same thing. You said you're, you're the underdog, you're slightly undersized, but guess who else was undersized? Honey Badger, who's easily bro going to be go down as one of the best safeties ever. I'm not even safety, bro. He's a defensive back. The guy does everything. You know what I mean? And yeah, you know, it's crazy. He always motivate me. You know, he send me text messages all the time, man. You got it. Like, on draft day, you know, he was like, man, I know you, you can't wait for this time next year. You know, I believe in you. Keep going. And, you know, it, it just, like, hit a lot because, you know, I looked up to him when I'm coming up. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just, it's just awesome hearing that from him. And, you know, um, yeah, just always betting on yourself. Showing you, showing proves like, you already proven to yourself, but, man, proving them. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. For sure. Um, I, I love Tyron Matthew, man. That guy – Seriously, because I'm saying, I, I mean, I'm only like one or two inches taller than you. I'm saying I'm a, on the shorter side of things. And so, like, I play DB, and so I was like, I'm like the white badger. But <laughs> but that was my guy, bro. He played with so much heart, you know what I mean? And that's what I see with, when you're on the field. Man, you look over all the highlights. You're watching the game, and the announcers, like, when they talk about Greg Brooks, they just talk about the size of the heart that this kid plays with, you know what I mean? Like, when you're on the field, do you – what do you play for, man? Like, what's your why, Greg? Why do you play football? Why do you give it your all when you're on the field every play? You know, obviously I love the game, but, you know, it, it's, it's somewhere where my dad, you know, he motivates me. You know, seeing him make it to the NFL, I just use that as motivation, man, man. I want to be where he at, you know what I'm saying? So it's, I use that as motivation each and every game. My family, motivation, it's just like – Man, I just can't wait to go have fun with it, you know. I just love the game of football help. With my dad making it, you know, I think it motivates me even more. Because, like, you know, if he could do it, I could do it. I want to do it better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know exactly when he got drafted. I know, you know, I want to get drafted before higher than he got drafted. So it's just like, man, I can't wait for this. I love that. It's like a friendly competition. But it's so cool because, like, 
he paved the path. Because before him, did he have siblings or parents or anybody that made it? He's the first one. You know, he's the only child. So it was like. Oh, wow. Okay. And so did he, did he give you like any sort of insight or anything like that of like, or like even instill any kind of like that discipline, like from a younger age that he missed out on? Most definitely, you know, uh, he always tell me, man, just perfect, perfect your craft. Don't really worry about too much of that stuff. You know, turn, always turn your weaknesses into your strengths. And he always be like, after every game, you know, even if I made a great play, he'd be like, man, you could have did this. It could have been better than that. You know what I'm saying? So he always critiquing me real hard, and I appreciate him every day for that. Yeah. And that's, that's what's really cool is I feel like there's so many people who take criticism so poorly nowadays that, like, it, it really is a humility thing that can prevent you from being great. So wh why is it that you are so coachable? Like, I, I understand you got some of the best coaches in the world around you, but then you even have, you know, your dad, your mentors, people around you who are like, you know, encouraging you, but they're also pushing you to be better. Like at some point, does it become like, does it affect you in a negative way when you're getting all this feedback about being better? Or is it only in a positive light that you can be better? You know, being coachable, you got to be coachable, man. It's, it's their job to coach you, you know. You're never going to be a great player if you don't want to be coached. You know, it's going to take, take them yelling. It's going to take, man, you need to do this, you need to do that. But it's all about, it's just helping you getting better. Like, they're doing their job. They're coaching you. Take it on the chin and do what you have to do to be better. I love it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same thing in business, right? Or, like, even if you're at a job, like, you have a manager and you're button heads with your manager. Look, you might think that you know more than them. You might be better than them. And it might be the truth. That might be true. Right. But they're in that role for a reason. Like exactly. Even a coach being a coach, like they're in that role or a manager, like they are on a path that they need to improve and they can't improve if they're not coaching you or doing their job. Right. And so at the end of the day, it's all about buying into the vision. Wouldn't you say so? Most definitely, you know, just, just trusting the process. Really? That's all it is. Trust the process. I love it, right? Um, and then um, what about, so kind of circling a little bit back to the NIL piece. We, um, now these college guys are making money. Um, one thing that I love that made me super happy was you reached out and you're like, bro, like start making a little bit of cash. Like, what should I do, right? You're starting to think about these things. Mm. When you get into NIL, do you have anyone around you, teammates, parents, coaches, staff, that start to point you in the right direction uh, financially, or is that all on yourself? Um, really, it's all on myself. You know, uh, I see a lot of guys doing stuff, different things, but really all on myself because you know I want to build generational wealth, and um, you know it's all about using the money the right way, being smart with it. You know what I'm saying? Invest into the right things because you know you can invest into one thing today, ten years down the road, you know it be a multi-millionaire business. And um, so I, I just feel like, you know, just being smart with it and um, just making sure it's the right thing to do. I love it. Yep. Couldn't agree more, man. That's everything that I preach at McNeil X is, is building generational wealth. Like you're not here to take care of you. You're here to, to plant the seed so that tree can cast shade for generations, right? And, and just be able to be that for future, you know, family that you'll probably even never meet. Um. Sweet. And then so um, tell us, man, what can we expect from Greg Brooks this season and LSU as a whole? What can what can we expect to see you this year, man? Man, first of all, I just want to say LSU, you know, we're coming for the national championship. And I'm, I'm saying that with confidence. And, you know, for myself, you know, my personal goals, you know, I wanted to win the Jim Thorpe Award. 
So um, I'm every each and every day I'm grinding hard, turning my weaknesses into my strengths, and um, it's gonna be a real fun year. Well, I can't wait to be uh, be in the stadium with you, man. I'll, I'll be there with the confetti and everything. <laughs> Definitely, it's gonna be fun. All right. So the last thing that I want to do um, when we wrap all these up, I always ask, you know, the person across from me, I want to turn the next couple of minutes over to you. What is some final advice and some last words that you can leave for everybody listening? So the listeners we have are current and former athletes, um, agents and entrepreneurs and business owners. Like what is something that you could leave behind that can help impact the listeners? You know, do the right thing at the right time. Always do the right thing at the right time. Be where your feet are, man. Just, if you're going to do something, be 100% with it. If you're going to go to class, be 100% attending class. If you're going to go want to type of paper, you know, be 100%. you want to go out to eat, be 100% with it. You know what I'm saying? Because somebody's always watching, man. And then you never know what that person might say about you. You know, you never want to get a bad rep. You know, always want to do the right thing. Keep it, Like my dad always said, man, keep your nose clean. You know, never let nobody say anything bad about you. That's why I'm, I feel like I'm such a good person and, um, and do everything right with I love it, man. It's like show show people, man, show the people how it's supposed to be done. Real stand-up guy, real man. Yep, that's right. I think the best uh, best thing that we can do is be an example, right? And and I feel that every time I'm around you, you know, you, you, you lead with your heart. And I can tell being intentional, right? You said that, I think you said it two or three times already, like be where your feet are. You know, don't get too far ahead of yourself. Don't be stuck in the past, Right. Be where you're at and make the most of every opportunity. Most definitely. So, Greg, I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you so much for being on. Um, I know that this episode, we got a ton of value for everybody involved. So, guys, uh, Greg, where's the best way for people to reach you to keep an eye on you uh, throughout the year? If they have brand deals, they want to get in touch, like how can we get a hold of you? Uh, most definitely. Go to, uh, you know, I have my personal website. Link is in my bio on all my social medias. Instagram is gbrooks5 and uh, Twitter is gbrooks5 underscore. So, um, yeah, you know, just hit me up, you know, even if you just want to talk, you know, see what, what's going on, you know what I'm saying? I respond to everything. Oh, yeah. And that's how we got connected is because I was going to give you the smoke in Madden. So, I mean, hey, Greg's down for whatever. Most definitely, man. <laughs> All righty, man. Well, thank you so much, and thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Appreciate you.